This podcast is brought to you by BetUS. That's bet and the letter U and the letter S. BetUS. BetUS is the official sportsbook partner of Hoop Social. U.S. bettors in all states are welcome and payouts are fast and easy. Visit hoop-social.com slash bet, B-E-T, today and take advantage of their 125% sign-up bonus offer. That is incredible. Terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, that's hoops, hoop-social.com slash bet, B-E-T. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. Please gamble responsibly. Sandy shorts weather in Canada. You sound just like a Canadian. They're built for the regular season. They're a well-oiled machine. In my humble opinion. Also, if you haven't heard, Jason Tatum's 6'10". On wax for the world to know. Oh man. Honestly, guys. You sound like a girl who's scared of love. I am a girl who's scared of love. It's theirs to lose. I think they're a high ceiling, low floor. I'm gonna make a joke because I am a glutton for punishment. We're just the massacres, bro. That shit was bonkers. I'm not gonna do what y'all did to Lonzo. But it's a new day, gentlemen. Because the bright future suns are finally fucking here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Charity Stripe Commentary. Your co-host doing the intro tonight is Sean Lawler here with uh, Trey Hill and Marcus Wilson. How are you boys doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Marcus? Yellow. Nice, nice. Good to know. Marcus is probably enjoying some sweet weather. I've got rain trays down in the Carolinas, but we're joined by a guest tray. I want you to give him an introduction. Is that because you didn't get a chance to to rehearse his name? It's Michael Shearer, but you've got all the accolades. I oh, I don't, I don't have his accolades. accolades. I know, I know, he has a great name for his Substack basketball poetry. I've been jealous of it since before I actually got, you know, to talk to Mike. So that's really all I know. And that everyone should go and sign up for that Substack. But other than that little plug there, Mike, introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, well, you pretty much said it all. You know, I got started because I used to do season preview haikus for every single NBA team for the last like 10 or 11 years running. And then someone was like, you should start doing this for real. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should. And hence basketball poetry. A lot less poetry than you'd expect from the name, but not zero poetry. Well, I love it. I love it. You know, you've got a niche. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a poetry person myself because I just don't understand it. Um, but, you know, I like good poetry. I think it's it's fun and I should subscribe to this Substack. I think. Marcus, you yeah, put your idea. hand up. Yeah, I do have a question and I wanted to be, you know, polite, you know, instead of cutting off everyone. Yo, Mike, what's your favorite type of poetry and why? Uh, it would be the limerick. And because it has the widest diversity, I would say, of very X-rated lyrics from limericks. So that's probably Damn, I love answer. that. Thank you. Damn, I love that. Thank you for your time, sir. <laughs> How did you do the hand? Bro, you're old as shit, bro. Of course Man, you don't know I am so old. <laughs> All right, keep going. Keep it moving. <laughs> Uh, well, we wanted to talk. We've got the playoffs going on, but we want to start off with the MVP. Is that correct, Trey, if I remember correctly? Yeah, we. I want to argue with Mike because we have very similar mindsets in basketball, but I'm throwing a curveball and I, we have very different ballots and I wanted to bring him on to the show so we could talk about the ballots. And 
I know, I'm pretty sure I know who you're leaning towards. Marcus has made it very clear who he's leaning towards. So I just think it, I think it makes for a, a good podcast layout to have, to have Michael Shear on for this one. I, I agree. No, we want uh, dissenting voices. We want people that will argue. Um, <laughs> I'm not very passionate about my arguments in this case. You know, it's Jokic. Embiid had a great season. However, Jokic did a lot more with a lot less. But, and from there, I liked Curry. He was my preseason pick and, you know, it just didn't happen. It wasn't their, it wasn't their year. How far the mighty have fallen from that one seed they were when I was bragging about my choice. But it looked real good briefly. <laughs> <laughs> the raps did finish higher than I said they would. So. Vindication. Well, I, I am glad that you at least, like, I, I'm glad that you at least had, uh, you said Jokic and then Embiid. Uh, because if you go and look at Shear's picks, what was your? How did your ballot go? It was Jokic, Giannis, Embiid. I think that's correct. And then Luka. Yeah. And then Luca. Yep. And then Tatum was five. And I, I, I can't really argue with any of that. To me, the way I looked at it is, <clears throat> my first thing was looking at the numbers, looking at everything. Who's, who are the real MVP candidates? And for me, I think it really came down to three players in that first tier. It was Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. And then even in my second tier, I think it was Luka, Tatum, and Curry. Those were like the next three I had after that. And I think those were pretty distinct tiers once the, once the season finished up with maybe Durant sneaking in there, depending on how you feel about games played. But for me, once I got past Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, you can make a case for all of them with numbers, but Jokic is the guy who really has the statistical dominance, like not just dominance this season, but when you look at all time numbers, like it's statistically one of just the best seasons of all time. And it's really hard to argue against that, but I'm about to, (laughs) I think Embiid should be the MVP because I think the Nuggets do a really good job of building a team around Jokic's strengths and Jokic's weaknesses. Even with Murray and Porter Jr. being out, I think that that Nuggets team is built for his strengths. The Bucks, same thing with Giannis. I think they built a team around Giannis that's going to succeed. I think the 76ers have spent the last few years building a team around Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. I, I think dealing with all of that stuff in Philly holding that team together, trading for Harden, it really hurt his numbers, but Harden's been terrible. And I think bringing Harden in and him being so terrible and him be con- just continuing to drag them, I, I, I want to reward that. So to me, once I broke it down to those three guys, I just think Embiid has had to drag his franchise the furthest. Yeah, I think that's a totally fair way to think about it. But I think that is one part of the way that you should think about it. So for me, when I'm thinking about MVP, I, I look at the way everybody else is thinking about it. Because we all know MVP is a very like nebulous term, right? And every it means something different to everybody. The way I see it is there's four major ways that people kind of talk about MVP when they're trying to figure out who to pick. It's who's the best player? Who's had the best season statistically? Who's the best value? Meaning like if you took this guy off the team, who would suffer the most? And finally, who's got the best narrative? And I think without, go, without uh, you know, going too long into any of those, 
I think Giannis is probably the consensus best player out of these three overall. There might be some argument, but I think most people would agree with that. Jokic has certainly had the best season statistically. Embiid probably has the narrative, but I think that Jokic is probably the guy from the value side of things, where if you took all these three players off and put them a replacement player in there instead, I think that the Nuggets suffer the most. So I have Jokic winning two out of those four kind of like categories. And for me, that's one of the, the main, main reasons why I ended up picking Jokic. Marcus, what do you think? I'm, I'm the minority for this because I think that I, I, I'm still one of the old people who uh, subscribe to the eye test. Like statistics are all good and all, but like, what can I actually see? What's actually tangible? Like, what am I watching basketball for? And the way that Joel Embiid's played this season, like a fucking menace. At first, at first I had Embiid winning my MVP from like, um, what well, we were talking about it from the beginning of the season. And at first I really thought it was going to be Steph Curry from the, like the midway point. I had Steph Curry, KD, and then I had Giannis out there. I had Embiid in my top five, I had at my bottom five, but the way that he's been able to literally shoulder the weight of Philly. And I know that we're talking about who's more valuable, but I'm so I still have the sneaking, sneaking suspicion that you'll still have Jamal Murray. You'll still have MJP. You'll still have Michael Porter Jr. On the nuggets, but it, so if you took out Jokic, and I'm talking in a grand scheme, not just in this uh, nebulous of the season, that's still a whole unit of a team, a team that's still cohesive, is still a team that can still win, in my personal opinion, anywhere from 40 to 48 games without Jokic. You take Embiid away from the away from the 76ers, even with the even with the fully um, James Harden, who was playing like he was in Houston, even with all the other factors, it's still not the same team. That team still wouldn't be able to compete. So for me personally, that's why I have Embiid. I love that Joel Embiid is winning while Daryl Morey is taking strays. Like, absolutely getting crushed for roster building (laughs) and not making the right moves. And that's the reason Joel Embiid wins. Honestly, like I said, I don't have a strong argument. I'm not that insane about my pick. Like it could, it honestly could go to all three. Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid are all worthy winners of the MVP. I wouldn't be mad one way or the other because of all the different arguments. And I, I liked what Shearer had to say about, you know, I think if you take in the nebulous of this season, if you take Jokic off, because that's what this MVP is about is this past season. If you take Jokic off, that team is not a, not even a playing team at all because they basically bought him out and just try and get the best draft pick. Joel Embiid, if you take him off the team, the team's bad because the team's bad outside of Joel Embiid. Like, we'll get to that series later, but that's why I'm laughing. Like, it's Joel Embiid had an absolutely phenomenal season, but the roster aside from him is not good, especially when you got rid of players to get bring in James Harden. I mean, I think the fact that the roster is that bad, it it's just, it's depressing because Joel Embiid has, he's been there for so long and they've had so, they've had so long to build around him. And I, I, I really do think they, they tried to cater towards Ben Simmons more than Embiid uh, to their detriment. But one thing I wondered we talked about uh, on the Hoops Social podcast that it hasn't been released yet, but it'll be out before this one. Share uh, about how defensive metrics are still, they're still only halfway there. And I wonder if we look back at this season, say 10 years from now, if Jokic's defensive 
statistics are going to be further down because we we just get we get to say to that 85 percent to where you know we're able to quantify it a little bit better i i wonder how much like how much that stuff matters um what do you think about defensive stats and trying to trying to use them whenever they're just not they're not quite as uh well well polished as the offensive counterparts yeah, I think you use them directionally, um, right? And I think you try to see if like you look at them from a variety of sources and if they all say the same thing, then you feel pretty good about it, right? But I think what your point is really interesting, like, hey, if in the future we have better defensive statistics, does that mean we're going to look back and those might portray Jokic as a worse defender? I think that's almost and, certainly... And the, one of the reasons I mentioned that is I saw a Twitter thread about how some of the advanced stats, they really put a, they, they put a weighted value on things that aren't that aren't position specific so as if you run say they did the example as Kyrie Irving they ran him as a center and it raised it raised his advanced stats about 30 percent it rated him as a defender on level with LeBron um yeah. so to me I like those are the things that Jokic excels at those getting at those steals those deflections that type of thing and I wonder if because that value, you know, when these stats were being developed, that val- there was that value in having guys who did things outside of their position. Now that that's becoming more the norm and it's more a positionless game, if we get better on the defensive statistics, how that's going to affect someone who, who you know, currently is just kind of placed towards what the analytics are looking, looking for. Yeah, so I, I think that what you say is true. And I think that at the same time, it does not hurt Jokic's case because right now, to your point, the admittedly very flawed defensive analytics say Jokic is an elite defender, as good as Embiid, as good as Giannis. Anybody with eyeballs uh, are pretty close to it, right? Like I think anybody with eyeballs would disagree with that, which is why I think as defensive analytics get better, they'll shove Jokic further down. But I think he's got a ways to go before he becomes a harmful defender. And I think the things that Jokic is good at on defense are not necessarily the things that are um, readily apparent in uh, a box score, right? It's like he's in the right spot all the time. He doesn't go at, he's never out of position. He's a freak rebounder, even compared to two other very good rebounders. And that's how you close out a possession defensively, you know? So I'm not sitting here to say that Jokic is as good a defender as Embiid or as Giannis, but I think that for, especially in the regular season, I think he's well above average. And I think the defensive stats are capturing something there that doesn't necessarily pop off the TV when you're watching him. I, I do agree that I think Jokic is an above average defender. Um, like I worry in the playoffs, you know, when teams can really game plan and buckle down, if he might be con- more of a liability, but even with as quick as his hands are, I don't expect him to be much, you know, I don't expect him to get to, to be a huge liability on that. end, like he was a couple years ago. I also don't think that it'll ever affect his future value because offensive stats are always the more important ones when it comes to the NBA. I, I don't think I've ever had an argument where I was like, man, this guy in the eighties shouldn't have won MVP because he was atrocious defensively. (laughs) It's like, Mm. if you, you could score enough points to make up for it. Like it's, we saw Russell Westbrook win MVP. So Kawhi should have had that one. That was Kawhi's MVP. A little too much defense, not enough offense. <laughs> Did we have anything else on the MVP? Trey? Well, 
One thing I did want to point out real quick was to Marcus's point earlier about who's more valuable. The 76ers were six and eight without Embiid this year. And the Nuggets were, I think, two and eight or two and six without Jokic. Um, so like the 76ers did all right without Embiid, whereas the, the Nuggets were drawn dead in the water, which to me is why, like from a value over replacement player perspective, that's why I think or that is a contributing factor. I, to why did, I wonder if Maxi played in those games because Denver would be missing their top guys, whereas Philly would only be missing their top two. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, right? Like if you're talking about like, if I do think that Jokic gets a benefit both in voters' minds and in my own for like playing on a a team that was severely handicapped by the people who are missing. That's just like part of the way that the season goes, right? You're always going to be able to put up bigger numbers if the two other major offensive fulcrums aren't on the the team. And Embiid had that to some extent, right? And Giannis is the one who gets penalized, I suppose, the most for it. But unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it is. And that's the way that, you know, the, the, the stats have to accrete somewhere and they're going to go to the guy putting them up. And if there's no one else who can, he's going to get the most of them. And that helps. Maybe it shouldn't, but it does. All right. Host transition us to some playoffs. We've talked about a great time to mention. We talked about Jokic and we talked about Steph Curry and how they, they're going to meet in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be really fucking interesting. How's that for a transition? That is an excellent transition, Trey. That is going to be a great matchup. I think we talked about it earlier in the season about how Denver will want to see Golden State, depending on who they've got going out there. That's one of their more favorable matchups. Um, I I can't really pick Denver in it. I think Golden State's still going to take this series, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Denver if Jokic pulls this one out they'd have to probably give him his MVP during this series. I think if he gets voted MVP or do they usually wait later? I can't remember. I don't know, but I I do think that this one has some upset potential with the nuggets. I, because as, as much as I love Draymond green, Jokic is so much bigger than him. He's just going to play above him. And if they, if they can force Looney to be out on the court, a significant amount, I, I think that plays into Denver's hands. Sure. What are you I thinking? Can't, I can't quite get there, to be honest. And I, I, I love Jokic. I love Curry, but I feel like this is going to be an ugly one for the Nuggets. If they, uh, since it seems pretty clear at this point that they're not going to have MPJ and Murray back for at least the beginning of the series. And I think it's going to be a case where Jokic is going to ball out. And I don't think that Looney and Draymond are really going to be able to stop him one on one. But they're probably going to send swarms of. I, I would imagine that there is a way to send uh, some help onto them at all. And even with Jokic's passing, there's just not enough shooting on the Nuggets, I think, to make them pay consistently over a seven-game series. So I don't feel good about Denver's chances at all. Marcus, what are you thinking? Um, I think I honestly, if I say that I choose uh, Golden State, it's probably going to sound like Jokic slander. But just for the reasons of the gravitas that I don't know what's going on with Steph or if he, everything's going to be good or he's going to be hundred percent, but just having the ability to have him on the field and have him keep shooters open or keep shooters open is going to be definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Like, like believe gravity. it or not. Yeah. The gravity also believe, I know that Andrew Wiggins has literally shat the bed literally shat the bed for the second half of the season, but I'm really interested to see how, my personal opinion is that Eric Gordon, if Aaron Gordon can't really lock him up or hold him down like the way that he really needs to, I definitely have it going to uh I definitely have it going to Golden State for sure. But I I'm think, not gonna say it's gonna be a blowout. I, I, but. I think we've all got we've all probably got to go into Golden State. 
What about yeah, you, yeah. Sean? I guess you might be the last holdout. Yeah, I'm I'm Golden State as well. I think the sneaky X factor in this is Jordan Poole. Because if Jordan Poole just cannot score, Golden State's really in trouble with that because they really need him to run the second unit. So but I think Golden State's gonna be fine going through this series. I I don't have any problems there with them. So which series do we want to do next? What are you thinking? Do we want to stay in the West and we'll end in the East? Let's All ask right. the guests. Which one do you want to do next? Um, I mean, should we just very quickly talk about how much the Phoenix Suns are going to crush either the uh, Clippers or the Pelicans, right? Like, just get it out of the way real quick. Like, it's probably going to be, uh, unless Kawhi miraculously comes back, it's probably going to be a gentleman sweep or a straight-up sweep, no matter which of those teams they play. So there, we did it. We covered the series unless anyone feels uh, different. <laughs> yep. Nope. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, Minnesota, Memphis would be fun. Oh, oh. sorry, Marcus. You, that, you, yeah, no, that. Oh, you got something, Marcus? Don't, don't do Brandon Ingram like that, guys. <laughs> I don't really appreciate <laughs> He was on my all-star starters. I know, I know. I have a Brandon Ingram like Man, I love the Pelicans. He'll win two. He'll win. No, man, man. I no matter. They would be lucky to get two. (laughs) Oh yeah, no. They'll get one. They'll get one. Two. I want to go on waxing too, but they'll definitely get one. But (laughs) what I did. Okay, so we all we've all got the Suns, Memphis, and the the Minnesota Timberwolves, who just about Carl Anthony Towns tried to give it away, but they managed to. (laughs) Oh yeah, he did. Um. I've been huge on the Timberwolves bandwagon for a couple years now. I've got Memphis in fucking four. I think I think <laughs> oh. they just sweep them. I think I think Memphis. I think they've taken the the lack of respect personally, for, whether it's from LeBron James, the media, or whatever. I think that I think they want to come out and and make a statement. And um, I don't know that that Minnesota has it in them to to step up and, and even get one i i think memphis might i think memphis might sweep them that is a hot take i was gonna say the exact same thing but now i feel stupid because you said that first so i'm gonna change my vote entirely and say i think minnesota is gonna take it upset at city <laughs> no i'm just kidding i think i think it's gonna be a shit show to be honest with you. i'm not impressed with minnesota this year at all I, I don't understand why people are so hyped on them like yay it's cool that they're like slightly above average for once you know like i'm really excited for the fans because it sucks to root for a shitty team for forever but that doesn't mean they're like objectively going to make any noise in the playoffs like let's slow our roll a little bit here like let, let, let's let ann edwards get a little bit older before we talk about that honestly he's he feels like he, it's almost like kind of like young jordan i could see like he, back in like 86 taking the Bulls to the playoffs. Like, they just got absolutely destroyed. But he'll put – like, I think he can win one game. I'm not going to go sweep, mm. but I think he can take one game. It's – Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, no, it's – he need something's there. He needs to get out of his own head. Marcus? Um, if Jaw plays, it'll go to five. If Jaw doesn't play, it's going to be a sweep. Because <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, that's unnecessary behavior sir <laughs> <laughs> number yo remember remember men lie women lie but numbers don't lie 
Well, at that point, I think these teams did split the season series. So I, I think that they actually, you know, were pretty tight in the regular season. So like, maybe I'm wrong, but it sure feels like Memphis has hit their stride. Minnesota has been just really struggling. Like, although who knows, Pat Bev is definitely going to try to injure John Morant at some point in this series, maybe more than once. So like, that'll be something to keep an eye on. No, he he will successfully do it. (laughs) And then, he will be Steven Adams. Will, Steven Adams will just like pick him up with like his two little fingers and just move <laughs> him. squash him. But yeah, number numbers don't lie, and the Bulls have been one of the worst teams the last month of the season. So, do the Bulls get one game against the Bucks? I say yes. I say the Bulls get one. I'll give you two. I dude, I invite you on the show, and you don't even give my team a game. <laughs> what do you mean? He was, I was putting oh, thumbs you, down. Gave me the, yeah. Marcus wasn't watching. Yeah, Sheer gave me the thumbs down. Oh, oh, Sheer, that's so rude. I know. I feel. I feel bad now. I'm coming no, into someone your home as a guest, and I'm shitting on the Bulls, who Bro, I like. You literally, literally put a How healthy is the roster tree? How healthy are the Bulls? Zach's got his knee issue he's had. Caruso's back. Supposedly looks better, but Lonzo's not playing. And Lonzo, Lonzo's the key to unlock the, the absolute potential. You got to have the, the guy at the top that compliments Vooch. Vooch needs that, and we don't have it. So yeah, the no, Bulls was... will be lucky to get a game. But I, I do think they get one game. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm with Marcus. I think they might scrape out too we'll see how sloppy the bucks get for that to happen um we'll go back and we'll do dallas utah in the west we'll finish out the west there that's right don't don't let him talk about the bulls getting swept he doesn't deserve (laughs) a a platform for that no he doesn't this is not the show for that platform um (laughs) take that to hoop social writers room you can write an article first Dallas, Utah. I Luca. How long is he out? Is he done for the series? Depends on who you ask. Some people say he could be there as soon as Game One, and others say it'll be Game Four, Game Five. But it's calf strains, from what I understand, are all like very unique, special snowflakes, each and every one. So yeah. it's real tough to tell from the outside. It's going to depend entirely on Luca. <sighs> Makes my pretty hard. Winning. I, I got the Jazz winning the. If Luca is not playing or if he's not 100%, I, I have faith in the Utah system to beat this team because they, they depend on Luca so much. He is the engine that runs that team. And if, if Luca comes back and he, can run, and he can run the offense and he can, you know, he's 85%, then I'll take Dallas. But barring that in game one, I, I think Utah is probably going to find a way to win it. You know, unfortunately for them, I'd like to see them just bow out in round one, blow this thing up and be done with it. But I, I think Utah finds a way to suffer through it one more year, maybe. Marcus, what do you oh, think? I want, it, I, I want it to be the Mavs. I really do, just so I can not see the pairing of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell anymore. Because I'm, I feel like we've seen the same song and dance this how many how many postings can we see the same fucking thing and ask for like a different a difference in the scenery but as much as you're done with them i think that those two are more done mm-hmm. with them yeah with each other oh absolutely but without luca it's going to be super hard like i mean do i think jalen brunson and spencer did can get you out of game maybe maybe but 
in the grand scheme of things, it's any of these teams, any of the two teams that win this first round are just going to get shat on in the second round. <laughs> like, I think this might just be the most fodder first round, like out of the entire playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I was going to pick Utah to win, even if Luca was playing. I think, I think that these teams played pretty tight in the regular season. And I think mm-hmm. that um, I'm not impressed by the Dallas supporting cast this year at all. Like, at all. I don't think any of those guys are going to do good. Well, in the playoffs without Luca besides Luca, right? Like, Finney Smith's having a career year. Like, maybe he can keep it up. But, like, Kleba's hurt also. Brunson's always sucked in the playoffs. So, like, I'm just going to assume he sucks until he proves me wrong. And, um, like, I just don't – like, Dinwiddie is, like, has not been good since he's been hurt. Like, he's had a, a minor hot streak at the end of the regular season when half the teams in the NBA didn't care anymore. So, like, I just don't feel like that supporting cast is that good. And if Luca's uh, not playing, it's going to be a disaster for them. And even if he is, I think I'd be picking Utah. I just, I believe that Utah's quit on the season. So I, and I think Luca is just such a talent. I expected him to break them, you know, mm-hmm. just like old, old school, you know, 80s Russian movie style. You know, you, you break Ivan Drago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sean, yeah, what do you I, think? I, I don't really want either one to win. Can they, like, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's just move Phoenix to the conference finals and we'll just wipe <laughs> both those guys off. Um, well, I know you don't want to talk about that one, Sean. So let's let you lead with the Raptors series. Raptors, 76ers, your team, the Toronto Raptors. Are they going to pull off the upset? Yeah, no, it's it's over. We know you're saying yes, but the real question yeah. is how many games do you have, Sean? I have five games. Um, I just t- Toronto in five, to be clear? Toronto in five. Yo, can, I leave, yo, yo, can I leave the chat? <laughs> so is it two, three, two? Is or is it two, two, one, one, one? Yep. Two, two, Doesn't one, really one. matter. Tybalt's gone <laughs> for two games. Um, so too bad. So sad. Um Joel will get a million points, but I think outside of that, it's not they're not going anywhere. Like Nick Nurse is just he's built for this game. Doc Rivers is not. And Phoenix is gonna go the way of my pick was actually gonna be Utah in seven or no Dallas in seven and Utah loses in horrible fashion and blows it up. And Phoenix is or Philadelphia is gonna lose in five and blow this up. Lots of blowing it up. Okay. Sure. What? How do you see this series going? Because I have a feeling that you do not have the Toronto Raptors winning in five games. You know, I don't, and I don't really have like. I'll be honest. Like, there's a lot of underlying data that suggests they probably, maybe not in five, but Toronto probably will win. There's a lot of very smart people, both here and uh, you know, in other places online, that are picking Toronto. But I kind of feel like the 76ers top end talent is just a little too much for Toronto. And I think Toronto's still maybe a year away from being able to actualize all these like weird interchangeable pieces. So like, I like a lot of what Toronto's been doing, especially in the second half of the season, for sure. But I, I kind of think that in a, you know, once in a seven game series where they're playing each other every day, I think that the 76ers just have a little too much for them. But like I said, I seem to be in the minority somehow, which is crazy to me, but I think that uh, most people seem to be agreeing it's Toronto, but I just can't get there right now. You've put your chips on James Harden. Do you feel you know, confident in that? Say one thing for James Harden. He hasn't lost in the first round that often. He loses in the second round all the time, right? <laughs> but like, he usually gets you through the first round. So this isn't Luka Doncic we're talking about, okay? He's had wins. Well, that was unnecessary. But, oh, that, was, that, was, that was... All right, Marcus. 
That was a stray. All I'm going to say... That was not a stray. That was not a stray at all. That was... A, <laughs> that was just a no-look no shot. shot. <laughs> no-look headshot. <laughs> yo, three, yo, 360 no-scope right on your fucking head. Um... I don't know, Sean. Your best, your best, most complete player is Spicy P. So I mean, yeah, yeah. you're done, bro. No, we're not. You're done, bro. I've got Embiid is my MVP. Um, I think when he when he is engaged on defense, Stacklow says he's the most impactful defender. I'll mention that again because I think that's important. I I think he's definitely in like the top three or four. All that said. I don't have a Snapchat group called the Joel Embiid fan club. I do have a Pascal Siakam fan club Snapchat group that does not have Sean in it even. Spicy <laughs> P, Snapchat? Spicy <laughs> P, I think, is, is going to show that he is all the way back from that disaster of a Tampa season. And I like Toronto to win in six games. Bro, I, don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's the five games, but... I think Toronto finds a way to win in six games, and I think Doc Rivers is done in Philadelphia. Music to my ears, Trey. You know, I think it's but Pascal Siakam gets brought down by the November, and the November was really bad. It was we, the I, whole bubble I, year was terrible. I mean, but he, had a, November, he, just, he didn't like, deal with that well. I was gonna try. Okay. I was ready to trade him in November. I was like, "Let's get him out of here. Let's blow it up. Let's get a great <laughs> draft pick." I was wrong. They're not gonna finish six. I wasn't gonna call you out on that. <laughs> you just was... pretended that never happened, sir. But Damn. I never All pretend right. something on wax didn't happen. Damn. What series Battle are board. we missing? So Heat, whoever. We yeah, we've got Heat over. So the Heat's beating whoever they play. Atlanta, I guess. Will probably that might be kind of tough if Atlanta. Like I'm much more nervous about playing uh, Atlanta than I am Cleveland. Let's put it that way. As a, as a Heat That's fan. That's fair. Uh, no, but I don't Pat, think. It... I, I don't know what it is, but whenever Trey Young fucking plays us, he always wants to go fucking ballistic. I have no yes. idea what it is. As a team who emphasizes so much defense, we are letting letting this fucking Rico Suave expose us. Yeah, and no, I agree 100. percent Like we don't, we don't. The Heat have good defenders at every position except point guard, really. Uh, unless you're really going to be a believer in the the corpse of Victor Oladipo on defense, which I'm not quite there yet. What so, about like, Kyle Lowry? Uh, it, listen, Lowry is in. People aren't going to like this. Heat fans aren't going to like this, but I think Kyle Lowry has actually been pretty overrated this season. Um, he has not been particularly good on defense. Uh, especially off ball. He's been horrible. He's done good things for the offense, but I think defensively I've been really disappointed in the way that he's played, um, particularly at the point of attack. He's just not quick enough anymore. And like, like being strong is great, but it doesn't help against Trey young. Who's the weakest person in the world. You need to be fast. Right. So like, be sure not to like put the bat signal out to Raptors Twitter. Just to pick- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of those people. I I'm not a Kyle Lowry stand. Um, Marcus, what do you say? I, I really thought having Kyle Lowry there would really supplement uh, the defense for when you have Tyler Hero on the floor, and it's just it just really hasn't. Like, especially like um, as Mike brought up, like off ball, it's 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 pathetic. It's literally like 
it literally seems like he's like playing for the Los Angeles Lakers the way he's just absent on defense. So <laughs> I'm so glad to hear someone else say that, Marcus. Thank you. Cause like heat Twitter man will roasts me anytime I say even something neutral about oh, Larry. I'm bro, like, what are you guys let, watching? Do not, man? do not let Nakai's Duncan see that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that there must be some rappers Twitter like hiding in plain sight there. <laughs> you, you know, I, I believe in Spo though. I do believe oh, in how, Spo oh, yeah. to, the best oh, when it comes to the playoff time. I don't think he will let Trey Young just eat like he has. No, I think he doesn't the, have a the, choice. You, that both Heat <laughs> fans on this podcast have PTSD about because as soon as Marcus brought it up, Mike was like, yeah, yeah. It's brutal. And it's true for no, any of like the really jitterbuggy point guards, right? Like I think the Heat are fine against anybody else. The Giannis's, the Embiid's, I think the Heat have solutions for. The point guards are a problem. It's just like, it's like the more twitchy and the more like movement, like more screen movements like a point guard has, we literally forget our whole defensive payload. Def- defenses collapse. Rotations are fucking missed. It's it's literally like, like you know when you overstudy for a test, it's kind of the it's same like what, thing. Like, it's like watching the Chicago Bulls try and play defense right now. Don't make this all about you, Trey. Just, okay? just uh, everything our, a step behind. Are Kyle Lowry charge attempts not doing it for you? Uh, I mean, that's the thing he does best at, and it's not nothing, but it doesn't help against Trey Young that much, right? So I, I think, honestly, I think they should put Bam Adebayo on Trey and like, or whoever he's going to be picking with the most, right? Like, I think your best bet is end up with Bam on Trey at the end of the shot clock as much as you physically can, because I literally think he's our best option on him. So like, that's, that's the way you'd want to do it, in my opinion. He runs a million pick and rolls, so you can't have him on Trey, but wh- whether it's Capella or it's going to be Gallinari, whoever it is that they're starting to try to use, Make sure Bam is involved because um, I think he's like, literally no joke. I think he is our best option against Trey. I mean, especially off the switch, especially if Trey's trying to take it into the interior. Because at the end of the day, like the perimeter defense is respectable enough that we're not that he's not just gonna be like, oh, I'll just take like eight, like ten threes and ten threes at night. But if you're able to have Bam sag a little bit while he tries to take it and at least get free throw attempts, or if he tries to make it go for the layup, I think that would be the Best situ- best uh, case scenario. He aren't, the Heat aren't losing to no, nobody. In the oh, no, we didn't say all that. We didn't no. chill, right. chill, we, no. we, <laughs> chill, chill, relax. I'm right, saying so I'd rather which, play Cleveland. Which, <laughs> which series is the most likely to have an upset then? Well, we just missed Boston and Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Well, that might have yeah. been a nice transition if that's what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mike, do you have Brooklyn beating Boston? No, I think Brooklyn's (laughs) going to get their shit pushed in, to be honest with you. Um, I'm definitely riding high on on Boston. And I don't even like Boston that much. I've just been just like wildly unimpressed with what everyone not named, you know, uh, KD or Kyrie or Bruce Brown has done for that team. And I think Boston's so deep and they'll just attack the weakest link. And Brooklyn is filled with weak links. Their whole team is like one giant weak link. So you can attack them from anywhere. And I think Boston's going to, is a, Maybe a bad matchup for them in that respect. Tatum scores 50 every time they play. So, yep, I'm 100% with you. Next. <laughs> Marcus, are you there with us? I'm there Bro. too. He's only 19 years old, guys. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, back to Trey's question Which one do we think has upset potential, like serious upset potential? We picked a couple upsets. But which one are you locking in? We'll each pick our upset. I mean, we've got – it's got what? Toronto over Philly. Are we calling that an upset? Yeah. Seeding-wise, it's, it's an upset, right? 
Um, Warriors. I think, War- I think I think Warriors is the, my locked in uh, upset. You think the Nuggets are going to beat the Warriors? No, no, no. He's no. saying most likely upset. I think I don't oh, think we're going to see. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a ton of upsets outside of the four fives in the first round. I think the second round is where things will start to get spicier. Yeah, like everything's. I think everything's going to be like open and shut for the most part when it comes down to all the teams. Like every team, we know every single team that's participating. Like there's no real unknown quantities. Maybe Luca coming back, maybe. But that's as far as it goes for like. All right, guys. Sorry, listeners. I tried to get I tried to get some spicy takes on here, but everybody says nope. It's going to be boring until the next. (laughs) Oh, you want spicy? (laughs) spicy? I'll give you spicy right now. So I guess we're just going. I guess we'll have to invite Mr. Shearer back on for the second round when when he'll have takes he's willing to give out instead. I'll give you all right. Well, I'll give you the the upset. I think is most likely, even though I don't think it's going to happen. I think Clippers could take the Suns and make their life hell. Uh, if Kawhi is that comes if back. Kawhi comes back, yeah, yeah, even even with like, I mean, the Suns kind of put them in a vice without Kawhi last year, but like the Clippers have the personnel, I think, to make things tricky for them. Um, you know, assuming we can get a Kawhi back, but I think that's probably a bit of a long shot. And again, I don't think it's likely, but like, I don't see Minnesota really beating the Grizzlies, which is probably the other potentially upset outcome here. And I frankly, I think I would love to see the Suns lose, so I think that'd be real fun yeah. for the rest of the league. Um, you heard it here first. Anthony Edwards has at least one game with 40 points in the playoffs. Oh, go yeah. higher. 50 or bust. Stop. Yeah. Be a coward. <laughs> I'll, I'll, how about this? I'll meet you halfway 45. Deal. What's the what's the record? Is it still Jordan? It's Most points in, in a playoff game? Yeah, like yeah. the first round game. Is it still 63? Sure. Not? I don't... I don't know. Oh, <sighs> no one, no one. Here All right, wait, wait, wait. Sixty-three is the most. Sixty-three, 63 is the most. So it's Jordan. Yeah, with Jordan. I think he pushes at it. I think he. I think he makes a run at it one game, and gets close. Um, this, I don't think he breaks this is exactly it. how it's gonna go. This is exactly how it's gonna go. Right. D'Angelo Russell is gonna start out strong, feeding the ball to Anthony, uh, to Anthony Edwards and Cat. Right. Cat's gonna start missing. Right, Fifty-five. Fifty-five. Over or under, Sean? Does he get 55 this postseason? Slate over. For real? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm like, I, I fell in love with him in the playing do, game. Do, do, you, do you have the balls to take the over as well? I want to take the slate under. I mean, you, you, you can't get there either, can you? I can't get to 55 for Anthony Edwards. No that, that's what, that's what I'm saying. No, 55 was way too hard. Like, if you set it at that's 40, yeah. If you set it at 40, I'd be like, yeah, I'm there. Got me, sold. I'll buy, I'm buying the fucking farm. But 55, especially in a half-court setting, I don't know about that one, Chief. Well, what did what is not because he's only playing he's only playing Memphis and the Memphis Grizzlies defense is not giving that up. So that's what I, I was about to say. He doesn't yeah. have a good yeah. matchup on, U, on Utah, maybe, maybe right? Yeah. Oh, Utah, maybe next maybe next year, bro. If it's Utah, he's scoring forty on Rudy Gobert for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if I if if it ends up looking good for me, I'll I'll probably never bring it up at all ever. <laughs> um, do we have anything else? Sure. Plug your stuff again. Yeah, please check out basketballpoetry.com for some cutting edge NBA analysis and once a year, some season preview haikus. Don't forget that. And then also uh, Hoop Social, where you can find some stuff from a bunch of people that are all is all super good and really informative and entertaining. 
Mm-hmm. And Trey, you said the Hoop Social has a podcast coming out. You guys recently recorded a writer's room. Yep, it'll be out uh, tomorrow morning, most likely. Right. After talking about the all defensive the teams. Yeah. It was yeah, it was pretty lots- solid. I don't know. Tonight's was pretty good too. It was it was definitely flavorful. Yeah, you know, we follow we me on Twitter place. at Final Finally. There's my plug. All right, at Final Finally, and then we have at OP O Pipe God. <laughs> no, I changed it. No, I changed it because you kept making me feel so bad about my handle. I literally I, I literally had to change it. You guys can follow me on all my social media, uh no chill will with one L. All right. And at Shawinigan23 for myself. Um, you can check me out on the Out of Bounds podcast. That's out of bounds with the Z. It's a, it's a football podcast. <laughs> we had the guys from a ginger's tailgate talking the draft. That's two weeks away. Um Packers are not going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. It's going to be hilarious again. Um, so hoop-social.com. Check us out there and all your podcasting platforms, Cherry Stripe Commentary and Hoop Social. Peace. Did you realize you were getting into this when I said, hey, you want to come on CSC? Oh, this is like an added bonus. I'm I'm loving it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. We don't. Yeah, we're we're those people. We're the people. We're like the shut out people. We only talk to the three of each other and Caleb and it. And, it, and it's uh, painfully obvious. I've been, I branch out. I talk to other people. It's you guys who isolate. All right. The other chat. Oh, yeah. Shonka not- out of bounds. Oh, cheer. Another thing. Do the Z thing, Sean. Explain the Z thing. Oh, Did you God. know this was a thing, Sheer? Because I didn't know, and I, I need to know if this is a well known fact. It's said. Oh, I've heard of Zed. I, <laughs> my wife's from Michigan. There's not, there's some Zedders up there. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So. Well, it's Zed everywhere outside of America. <laughs> it's yeah. like the metric system. <laughs> You're the only ones. Yeah, it's weird that you don't hear people from other countries say the ABCs out loud, though. So that's not something very many people know, I think. You don't hear too many French people yelling the ABCs when you're over there visiting the Eiffel Tower as an American or whatever. You could go like, your whole life and never hear a Zed. But Sean's football podcast with our buddy Joe is called Out of Bounds with a Z. And so Sean says Out of Bounds with a Z. And it, it fucked me up the first time I heard it.
like when he, when he said it, I thought he was trying to refer like Zed, like Zed, like the EDM artist, or Zed Dead, or Zed <laughs> Dead EDM artist, or like Zed from like you know Pulp Fiction. I couldn't pick up which one where he was going with it. But I was like, wow. Like I'm glad you'd want to relate to the the people in Michigan, though. Sean, you fucking loser. Let's start. Yo, Sean, Sean, say about. Do it. <laughs> it's about. <laughs> you know what I want. Say it right. This podcast is brought to you by BetUS. That's bet and the letter U and the letter S. BetUS. BetUS is the official sportsbook partner of Hoop Social. U.S. bettors in all states are welcome and payouts are fast and easy. Visit hoop-social.com slash bet, B-E-T, today and take advantage of their 125% sign-up bonus offer. That is incredible. Terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, that's hoops, hoop-social.com slash bet, B-E-T. 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have a problem, please gamble responsibly.